Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in L.A. The city of Los Angeles has temporarily closed five of its COVID vaccination supercenters, including the one at Dodger Stadium, because of a shortage of vaccine supplies. The city received only 16,000 vaccine doses this week, compared to 90,000 last week. L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti is urging state and federal authorities to fix the problem. This is not where I want to be. It's not where we deserve to be. And we have firefighters, we have workers from CORE, we have clinicians ready to draw vaccines, ready to give vaccines, ready to welcome traffic in and out by car, by foot into our centers. But we won't have those vaccines because the supply isn't there. The city hopes to reopen the centers sometime after the President's Day holiday weekend. Meanwhile, L.A. County vaccination sites remain open, but are limiting visits to people receiving their second round of shots. Students, parents, and teachers are waiting to see whether some California children will make it back to the classroom this year. Governor Gavin Newsom is currently negotiating with legislators over a deal that could be reached as early as today. KQD's Katie Orr reports. Newsom and state lawmakers are working on a $6.6 billion deal to start reopening schools shuttered by COVID. The plan could send students back this year, starting with the youngest, perhaps up through elementary school. Teachers' unions have been lobbying for their members to receive vaccines before returning to the classroom. The phased-in reopenings could make that easier, though limited vaccine supply continues to be an issue. Tensions over school closures have hit a boiling point in recent weeks, with the city of San Francisco suing its own school district in an attempt to compel it to reopen faster. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, civic leaders have sent a letter to Governor Gavin Newsom and the L.A. Board of Supervisors demanding that school staff get COVID vaccines so schools can reopen. But it could be another two to three weeks before teachers start getting a shot. In L.A., KCRW's Kaylee Wells has more. Newsom wants to open schools this academic year. Teachers say it's not safe until they're vaccinated. The coalition's answer? Vaccinate the teachers as soon as possible. About 60 community leaders and elected officials in L.A. County wrote the letter, and LAUSD Superintendent Austin Butner points to it as more evidence all school staff should get priority. But Public Health Director Barbara Frere says L.A. County alone has 668,000 employees who work in education. They'll get in line with residents 65 and older who haven't been vaccinated yet. 
And right now we're only getting about 200,000 doses per week. So Ferrer says even once LA teachers are eligible, it'll take months to get them fully vaccinated. For the California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, in San Diego County, the president of the Board of Supervisors says teachers could start getting vaccinated there within the next week or two. Let's turn to power. A lot of you listening probably remember and experienced last year's energy blackouts in California. To make sure that doesn't happen again this year when temperatures rise, the California Public Utilities Commission is directing the state's three big private power companies to find new sources of electricity by this summer. The decision came in a unanimous CPUC vote and affects San Diego Gas and Electric, SoCal Edison, and Pacific Gas and Electric. The expense of finding new energy sources would be passed on to customers. Environmental and consumer groups concerned about fossil fuel use oppose the decision, saying there's actually enough energy in the grid to handle a spike in summer demand through better power management. California has an abundance of green energy projects, but what it doesn't have are offshore wind farms like you see in Europe or ones being built off the East Coast. In response, San Francisco Assemblyman David Chu has introduced a bill to kickstart California's offshore wind projects with the goal of producing 10 gigawatts of power. That's enough juice to power about 4 million homes at maximum capacity. Here's Chu. The wind off California's coast has enormous potential to meet clean energy goals, combat climate change, and provide good-paying jobs. Choose bill would require state agencies to create a strategic plan that would achieve the 10 gigawatts goal by 2040. The assemblyman says the wind turbines would be placed 20 to 30 miles offshore. It wouldn't be visible from land. President Biden recently signed an executive order to double the amount of offshore wind power the country produces within 10 years. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. 
and in politics, although he lost the election and is in the midst of a post-presidential impeachment trial, Donald Trump maintains his grip on the GOP. Unhappy with that, a group of Republicans and former party officials are discussing the possibility of forming a new center-right party. KQED politics editor Scott Schaefer spoke with one California legislator who's participated in that discussion. A week ago, more than 100 Republicans and former party members across the country held a conference call to discuss ways of distancing themselves from Donald Trump and his influence on the GOP. California Assemblyman Chad Mays was there. It's about just fundamental values, fundamental truths, enough with the lies, enough with the conspiracies, enough defending your own uh, when it's ultimately harming uh, this country. And that's what this group is all about. Mays, who represents parts of Riverside and San Bernardino counties, was first elected as a Republican, even rising to become the party's minority leader in the state assembly. But in 2017, Mays was stripped of his position, punishment for cooperating with Democrats on a climate change bill. Not long after that, Mays left the GOP, and in November, he was re-elected as an independent. He says as it currently stands, the Republican Party is irredeemable. So for those of us, uh, and not just Republicans, because I talk to a lot of moderate Democrats as well as independents, and they feel like they've got no home. Uh, the Republican Party has lost its mind, uh, and there is no organized center. Of course, there are enormous obstacles to creating a new party that could be competitive on a statewide level, much less nationally. But May says the status quo is unacceptable to him and many others. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. And now for a preview of our sister show, The California Report's Weekly Magazine. This week, as part of our ongoing celebration of The California Report's 25th birthday, they're digging into the archives to bring us some favorite musical stories, from punk that skewers California politicians, to psychedelic cumbia from the Coachella Valley, and just in time for Fat Tuesday, a tribute to the Bay Area Zydeco scene. That's on this week's California Report magazine. And finally today, a Californian who's using her talents to make people's lives a bit better during the pandemic. I thought that love was just a word they sang about in songs I heard. Nova Jimenez spends nearly every weekend these days performing sidewalk concerts for frontline workers and isolated individuals in the San Francisco Bay Area. KQED's Chloe Veltman caught up with a professional vocalist as she was serenading elders outside a retirement residence just in time for Valentine's Day. Hello, Channing House. Oh, dear friends. I'm so happy to see you. This is the third time Nova Jimenez has set up her mic, music stand and portable amp on the sidewalk across the parking lot from Channing House. Around 250 seniors call the austere 11-storey concrete building in Palo Alto home. I come to sing for you a few Valentine's Day songs and um, some inspirational songs and we'll get, we'll get started. Dozens of residents appear on their balconies and in the parking lot to listen, as they did, says resident George Young, when the singer last serenaded them around the holidays. We enjoyed it very much last Christmas, too. This time, wearing a dress emblazoned with red peonies and white daisies, Jimenez exudes the spirit of springtime and romance. Hold me close and hold me fast. The magic's you again. 
life has been far from rosy for the residents of Channing House this past year. They've endured two COVID-19 outbreaks. Five people have died. It's been a time of loss and confinement. Jimenez's performance provides a break from all of that, say residents Tom and Nancy Feeney. She's got a lot of pizzazz. She's just fun. It's a little bit of breath of fresh air from the outside world. We've been pretty well isolated here for many months. We were up on our balcony when she was here before and we were dancing up there, but we decided to come down here this time. Jimena says she's always turned to singing in difficult times. It's the first thing she did, alone at home, when the pandemic hit. And then here I'm singing by myself and I thought, well, maybe maybe someone wants to hear me. I don't know. She placed an ad on the online community site Nextdoor, offering her services for free to frontline workers or anyone homebound or isolated due to the pandemic and in need of a little uplift. The response has been enthusiastic. Jimenez says she's performed more than 50 outdoor serenades since last May. For audiences as varied as ER doctors and nurses, male workers and nursery school kids and teachers. So, I want you to feel like you're going to just let it out and sing to the heavens. The latest concert at Channing House even involved a sing-along. This optimistic song might resonate with the residents of Channing House because they just got the COVID-19 vaccine. Nova Jimenez says she's already looking forward to coming back to sing here again. Maybe one day she'll be able to say farewell to the sidewalk and bring her serenades indoors. For The California Report, I'm Chloe Veltman. And that's the California Report for Friday, February 12th, a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin, Holly Jade McDeed, Alice Wolfley, and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, offering professional-grade financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary, personalcapital.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone, everywhere and the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!
Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.